Hi, this is Arielle Jack, Student Ministries Director here at New Life Church. Thank you for joining our podcast today. I pray the following presentation encourages, challenges, and inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy the message. Okay. We are in week two of a new series called The Same Old Me. And uh, I'm excited about today's message because I feel like it's so fun. Uh, sometimes you get a message and you're looking at it and you're like, this is really simple. Like, did I not push this far enough? Like, do we need to like translate some Greek words or something? Because this is super simple stuff. But then as you look at it more, it's like, this is simple but really hard to do. The concept is simple. The application can be very challenging. So roll with me here. Let's, let's see if we can uh, some mine out some gold this morning as to uh, what God wants to say about the same old me. All right? Today's title of the message is Treasure Seeker. Treasure Seeker. All right? So, this is the big idea. Loving God with everything we have opens a whole new world of opportunities and adventures. For a long time this, this year, we've been talking about um, the Ten Commandments and, and most importantly, the Shema. The Shema. This, this kind of fundamental understanding of Jewish the Jewish people, as to how they are supposed to start their relationship with God. And uh, when we deal with the Shema, which is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? That's what it was. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one Lord. Um, so the idea is this. The Shema of Deuteronomy 6.49 and the commandment of Leviticus 19.18, which is to love your neighbor as yourself, becomes a central tenet of the Christian life. We know this because Jesus reiterated this. When he was asked, he reiterated, what is the greatest commandment? And he said these two things. Okay, Why are they great? Because everything else is predicated on them. All the other things, all the stuff that we are to, uh, to grow into as believers is predicated on those two commands. All right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke remember this teaching that Jesus gave. And we first encounter it in the Gospel of Matthew when some Pharisees question Jesus. They ask him, they say, what's the greatest commandment, oh, teacher? They had like a lot of sarcasm in their voice. That's how I always read it. Super sarcastic. And so Jesus answers them. Um, this is, and earlier in Matthew 22, he's already been questioned by the Pharisees about paying taxes. Do we pay taxes to Caesar? Do we do that? We'll talk about that next week. Okay, we're going to get to that next week. But today we're going to talk about this. The question about the greatest commandment is arguably the most straightforward as it simply tests Jesus' knowledge of Scripture. They're saying they knew the answer. We know that they knew the answer, and they were waiting for Jesus to give the answer because they said, you have judged correctly. So they, they were just like testing him. Does he know his stuff? And we all know, even from an early age, at the age of 12, Jesus knew his stuff. All right, so he was, he was able to, to answer their questions. It needs to be further 
uh, it needs no further explanation, and the Pharisees know it. To love God and love your neighbor as yourself pervades every aspect of God followers of a God follower's life. Every aspect of it. That's why we say, that's why Jesus said, all the laws and the prophets hang on this. Because everything else is foundational to these two commandments. Now, Matthew does some things with this. The, the, the writer of Matthew, um, he remembers it slightly different than the other two gospel writers. And I think his, his retelling of it is very interesting and telling. It says this, um, so the three gospels remember the test. Only Matthew states, this is the greatest and the first commandment. He adds that little additional part. In describing the first commandment, to love God. Also, Jesus doesn't simply command that we love God. He changed. Let's read it and see what we can de- uh, detect. See if you can detect the subtle differences. Ready? He doesn't just say love God. Here we go. Matthew twenty-two thirty-five, And one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said, being Jesus, he said, him, love the Lord. What? Mm. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. There's a difference there. Do you see that? This is the greatest and the most important command. That word your is so vitally important. So vitally important. In Matthew, the command is that you love the Lord your God, which is a statement of personal commitment. Thus, and this is important, when Jesus commands love for the Lord your God, he is referring to the personal commitment to the one true God. So this is the implication of the word your. That it's not enough to know God exists and is good. You may be a deist today. I don't know who, some of you, I don't know some of you. I love seeing new faces though. Maybe you're like, I believe, I believe God exists. I believe that. Matthew changes it. He says, you need to love the Lord, your God. This is important. It's not enough just to know about God. It's not enough to know him as a national deity. Okay? He's not just America's God. It's not enough to see him, his law, as a good for society. You know, well, you know. His laws, they're good for society. They, you know, the Ten Commandments and all that good stuff. It's not enough. It's not enough to honor him in a transactional way. Well, I'll, you know, like a pagan god, like if I sacrifice this, then maybe I'll get good crops. I don't know. How many people hoping for good crops this season? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my wife's like, I could do, I'd like my garden to grow. Uh, it's not enough to just be this transactional way. He wants us to love him in a personal way. To make him more than the God, but our God. That's what he's calling for us. He wants us to make him be God. He wants us to make him our God. The one word, your, has the whole gospel in it. One word kind of packs the whole gospel. 
Now, Matthew makes another change, too. He not, Matthew notably removes might as a means of loving God, Deuteronomy 6, 5, and substitutes mind. Now, why is that? Well, the word can be translated in multiple ways. It really means, like, the core of your essence. So, might would be considered an Old Testament concept of, like, uh, everything that you have. Whereas Matthew is saying, not now, in the, now in the translation, the time period that he is, that, that, that essence has been changed to the mind. And, and we can relate with that. Because we're, we're so intelligent. We're way more intelligent than the old people back then. Come on, really? Actually, statistics tell us that we are, our, our IQ is dropping collectively. Did you know that? You know why? They, one of the big reasons that they think probably why is because we've out, yeah, Bob held it up. We've outsourced much of our brain to the phone. Have you ever tried to get somewhere now without putting GPS on? You're like, I don't know how to get to my grocery store. Jeep. Siri, where's my grocery store? Right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is that we, 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 we really can relate to this concept of mind because we believe that like everything is, comes from the mind. Back in ancient days, it was more the gut. The center of our essence of, was, the, was, the, was the bowels. <laughs> I kind of stick with my stomach sometimes too, but that's not what they were referring to. So the mind is so important. Jesus commands nothing short of giving everything to the Lord our God. Matthew 13, verse 44 says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys the field. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had, and he bought it. These are choices that are made. You see how this mind thing, this is a choice. This is a value proposition. What is the value? Our value choices are represented in everything that we do. No matter what you do on a daily basis, let's just, let's just break it down. When you get up in the morning, what time do you get up in the morning? Think about it for a second. Don't tell me because that would just make a lot of noise. But think about it. What time do you get up in the morning? The, the time that you set on your alarm clock has a value choice to it. I need to get, be here by such and such a time. Therefore, I am going to, you know, set my alarm for this time, and that gives me nine snoozes. You guys, see, that shows you exactly what I'm talking about. It's a value choice. It, it, it matters. So here's the other thing. Do I value eating breakfast, or do I value just more sleep? Some people are going, sleep. Other people are going, no, I want my breakfast. So that's going to change. 
your mind controls your value choices. Those are basic ones. But when we get to like, what do we use for entertainment? Why, do, why are you here this morning? That's a value decision. Many, some of you are here because my parents dragged me. I've been there. I feel you. Other people are here because I just feel like I need to be in church. There's a swap. Do you see that? There's a swap to that value choice. Instead of singing in the rain, you're listening to me. What a wet day, huh? It's amazing what, we, what happens when we give God more and more and more of who we are. That's the process of sanctification, this falling more and more in love with God. So these choices that we make, choices that we make, they're value choices, and they represent everything that we do. The man found a treasure in a field. And because of his amazing joy of what he had found, he made a choice to sell everything that he had to buy the field. Now, that word everything is significant. Ah, oh, poor guy. He's got nothing left. He sold everything. He had to give, give up everything that he had, poor guy. Yeah, but he got the field. With the treasure inside of it. So he made, a, he made a decision and said, this field is worth far more than every cent that I have. It's worth it. It's more than worth it. Pearl merchant knew the value of the pearl of great price. He knew the value. He is he, a pearl merchant, right? So when he sees this pearl, he's not stupid. He knows what he's doing. This is a value choice. He assessed the value of the pearl and made a choice to sell everything that he had to obtain the pearl. He basically took his money bag, and he said, it's all yours. Thank you for the pearl, right? I mean, he made a, he made a value choice. He gave up all of his wealth for this pearl that was so incredibly valuable. Poor guy. Poor guy. He gave up everything for that pearl. See, this is probably what the ignorant pearl seller was thinking. Right? He's like, I got this. This guy just gave me a ton of money. These are doubloons, by the way. He just gave me all the money he has. What a fool. What a fool. The guy's like, ha, I have the pearl. The merchant knew what he had discovered and knew it was worth everything he had to own this precious object. Matthew 6. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? 
Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. See, that's key. That's key. If God doesn't know and God doesn't care, then we have a reason to be anxious. But he says, your heavenly Father, there's that your again. There's that your again. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the pearl of great price. I lost it now. Where did it go? Seek the pearl of great price. What else did he say? And all these things will be provided for you. That's what the world doesn't understand. They see our life, our love for God as a net loss. They see the, our love for God as a net loss. Poor David. Oh, that's my name, by the way. Poor David. He can't do dot, dot, dot. Poor David. He, he can't go dot, dot, dot. He's lost his mind to some religious fanaticism. Any family member ever said that to you? They don't understand it. They don't understand it. What they can never understand is that what I have gained in knowing God who first loved me and sanctified, uh, sacrificed himself for my redemption is far greater than anything I give, could give up. It's worth every bit of stuff. I have everything I need and more. Trust me. Don't pity me. I've traded up big. Some demon just left. I don't know. <laughs> Get out of here, demon. If that's your ringtone. We need to talk. Um, I traded up big time, and I hope you have too. I hope you've made him your Lord, to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with your very essence of your being. Trust me, you're trading up. So what is sanctification? Yeah, it's a, there are some things that we don't participate in anymore. Like creepy ringtones. What was with that? We don't do that anymore. I traded up. Matthew 10. Jesus said, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or field for my sake and the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now at this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children and fields with persecution and eternal life in the age to come. He says, you're trading up. Because I'm a believer, I have... Uh, no, because I'm a human, I have a mom. You do, you do too. I don't know if you know how biology works, but that happens. That's my mom. Mom, raise your hand. She's the most amazing woman. And don't mess with her. She's got bricks in her purse. She's the most amazing woman I've ever met. And then I met my wife, and then I got doubly blessed. But because I'm a believer... Because I'm a believer, 
I've got another amazing, I got Alberta in my life. I got another mother. See what I'm saying? I got Julie in my life. I got, so I've, I've gained mothers and brothers and sisters and fathers in this life and then eternity to come too. We're trading up, folks. We're trading up. Because the love of God is eternal, all analogies start to break down, though. Think about it. This, this pearl, this analogy of the pearl breaks down. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's plastic, so don't get excited. Uh, the analogy of the pearl breaks down. You're like, pastor's salary must be way. The analogy, I mean, it's, it's a thing. It's an object. So because God's love is eternal, the analogies break down. We give all that we have because we see the value of the pearl of great price. And God lavishes us far more than we could ever hope to imagine. John 1.16, indeed, we have received grace upon grace from his fullness. We have received the pearl of great price. We've also received grace upon grace upon grace. It just keeps coming. This, this bag could be, the, could be the Mary Poppins bag. You know what I'm saying? It just never ends. It never ends. We put a pearl of great price into the bag and we get far more out of God than anything we could put into that. Because it's eternal, his love. And if I fall, it's my own fault. Did you see what I'm saying? This is, the, this is how we're trading up. We give, we give pennies, and he gives us pearls, grace upon grace upon grace. If we love God with our heart, soul, and mind, it's going to be lived out in the work we do and the quality of our relationships that we have. People get so nervous nowadays about offending people. Offending people. We, we think about sharing the gospel with somebody. And we, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. Actually, Barna Group did a, a study. Discovered that millennials especially have a really hard time sharing their faith because they've been trained with this concept of not offending people. Well, here's my thought on that. Just Live it out. Just live out the grace that God has given you. Your value choices are going to be different. And that's going to shine. Remember we talked about last week? We shine the love of God. We become reflections of the love of God. You're my family now. Don't mess with my family. Our love. The God says, you, they will know you are my disciples, how? By the way you love one another. Right? Take care of one another. We trade it up. So don't worry about so much about offending people. Just be. Now, that's just being godly is going to cause some offense. We know that. But well, Nathan Marshall in the September 1st, 2002 Christianity Today article entitled, Instead of Becoming a Pastor... I minister as a plumber. That's the name of the title. Describes how his work as a plumber grows 
and refines him in his faith. He says this, I've discovered that practicing being in God's presence and growing in the Christian life is something any of us can do in virtually any line of work, not just as pastors or church leaders. Just let the love of God sanctify you to ch- so that your value choices are different and you are going to shine. Maybe that shine will be a little offensive to people, but don't, we, we, we think we have to like beat people over the head with the, with the gospel and we don't want to do that because we don't want to offend people, so we just don't. Well, I would say this, maybe wait on that. Don't lead with that. Lead with the love of God. Let the reflection of God's love come off of you everywhere you go, whether you're a plumber, whether you work at Costco, whether, you, you know, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a worship leader, whether you're a teacher, working construction. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. He's, he, I ask all of my cop questions to him. He's a veteran. I love it. See what I'm saying? We let the love of God move us. And we don't worry about that. It's not hard to talk about something that you love. It's not hard to talk about something that you love. New car, new house, new job, new fill in the blank. We can't shut up about it. It's all over our feeds because we're excited, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not. So if we flip it around and say, do I express my love for God? I do love him, right? That's why I don't understand why Christians have such a hard time with the prospect of tithing. I don't get it. I think part of it is just I, was grown, I grew up in it. Thank you, Mom. And I know what you were talking about today is that this process of, we say we're, we, we love God with all our heart, all, everything we have, right? Yeah, they got God in the, script, in the scriptures turns around and asks us for 10% of something. We're like, eh. Can I ask you, what's 10% of, of zero? Zero! If you got nothing, you don't owe him nothing. <laughs> he loves you anyway. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't understand why. We, we say we love God with everything, but when it comes to, like, this stuff, we start to, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Does he really need it? Does it matter? Does it matter if he needs it? I appreciate what you said this morning about coming to this place. Now, we know church is not a place, but it is a place, too. God wants to, us to support the ministry that supports us. Now, I'm, I'm getting off topic. I don't want to talk about that. I don't really like talking about tithing, but I just don't understand it sometimes because I never grew up with it. I know it's a blessing for the people who do it. They, they are blessed because God, they, 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 God knows that they're good stewards of what they've been given. So we, we talk about it, and it's like pastors always talking about money. No, I want you to be blessed. Now I'll stop talking about it. Everybody's like, I'm, I'm out of here. He, he went there. He talked about money. But we, we, we talk about the things that we love. You can't shut up about it. I can only imagine this is how the pearl merchant felt. He got, he got his pearl. He's like, he's like, guys, look, at, come here. Come here. I want you to see this. Look at this. Take, take a good look. Isn't that beautiful? 
Isn't that, isn't that gorgeous? Oh, oh, you want to see it too? Come here. Come here. I got this pearl. I'm broke as anything, but I got the pearl. And it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Do you see how awesome this is? You do that too when you get something that is valuable to you. That's how true evangelism happens. Evangelism happens. It's not about making yourself go knock on a door and giving the, you know, the 10 points of, of the gospel. It's you loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, everything you have, and people seeing it, seeing your value choices, and then you telling them about the God that you love and why you do the things that you do. It's not really rocket science. It's not really hard. Think about a simple offer to pray for a coworker going through a breakup. Think about that. Think about the, the value in that. Or a sickness in their family. Think about how it will make our faith visible and open opportunities to share the love of God with others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let that, let that animate your value choices. And then just, just share what you love. If you love him, just live it out. Share about the one you love. I talk about my wife all the time. I love that woman. She, right now, she's getting you pizza. She's behind the scenes getting you pizza. That woman's awesome. I have no problem telling anybody and everybody just how much I love my wife. She's so special. Yet I have a hard time talking about how much I love my God. That's weird, right? Think about it. That's a kind of a weird concept. So, in this process of sanctification, the number one thing we can do is, is do all the Ten Commandments and all the prophets flawlessly. Do it today. Or else. No, that's not sanctification. This is sanctification. Grow more and more and more and more and more and more in love with God. And your actions and your behaviors, your attitudes and your mindsets will change. And you will not be able to contain how much you love him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his right. Seek him first. Everything will be added to you. And he is a God who gives you grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Lord, thank you for being the generous God that you are. To those of us who do not deserve it, Lord, I pray that everyone in this room would see your value and to know that giving all of our lives to attain you, the pearl of great price, is a pittance to what you lavish upon us. You are so good. God, help us to fall more and more in love with you every single day. Lord, I pray that that would animate our behaviors and attitudes and actions, the way we relate to people, the way we parent, the way we work. Lord, I pray it would animate us. And Lord, that we would be so in love with you that we couldn't contain our excitement about your love for us. That is when true evangelism happens. It's organic. It grows out of a heart that has been touched 
King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, sanctify us today in your love and grow us to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you want to find out more about New Life Church, you can connect with us at discovernewlife.org. We hope to see you soon.